Hello and welcome to episode 50 of the Spiritual Success Podcast. This is the first time it's felt like a significant number, so welcome to episode 50. And I'm going to be talking about manifestation today with the wonderful Beth from High Vibe Babe. So we talk about surrendering, letting go. She's also had a big journey of her own, a big personal journey. So we talk about that and how she's overcome her mental health struggles And the reason that she actually teaches on manifestation and EFT tapping is because those are the things that have got her out of her mental illnesses. So very interesting story. And I did want to do an episode on tapping because I have used EFT tapping myself. And I really like Beth's approach using it for manifesting because that's just not something that I have heard before. So enjoy this episode and I will see you on the inside. Welcome to the Spiritual Success Podcast with me, Liz Roberta, a place for spiritual people who want to grow, learn and succeed in life and in business. I'll be talking to successful spiritual entrepreneurs, authors and thought leaders to understand what creates a meaningful and soul aligned life. So come on in, Lightworkers. This is your time to shine. Hi, Beth. Hi. I'm so excited. (laughs) Thank you for coming on today. I know you recently started your own podcast. So how are you finding podcasting so far? Oh my gosh, it is so much fun. I'm quite a talker. So it's very natural for me. I love to communicate through talking and podcasting and, and videos and things like that. So it has been an absolute dream. I've really enjoyed it so far. And you've created this amazing community of High Vibe Babe, but it's not the only thing you've ever done. So can you fill us in on what your journey has been? Because I know it has been quite a journey. And how did you kind of have your spiritual awakening get to setting up this business? Mm, That is a good question. And it's a big question. (laughs) There's a big answer to that. So um, when I was about 10 years old, I was diagnosed with emetophobia, which is a real intense fear of vomiting. GAD, which is generalized anxiety disorder, which is very much how it sounds like panic attacks and anxiety, like all the time. And also anorexia, which is, you know, an eating disorder where you practically starve your body. So from a very early age, I was introduced to the mindset. Um, And it was very, very difficult for me for like a really, really long time. It was, it was, it was a very intense childhood. Let's put it that way. Um, so like just to give you a picture of what my life was like I was having daily panic attacks like I would wake up and it would be instant oh my god like you know gripping at my throat anxiety I can't breathe you know there was something going on I was having all of these signs and messages but I was the least spiritual person growing up in possibly the least spiritual house so I had no idea what any of this could possibly mean I just thought there was something wrong with me and basically that went on and on and on until I was in school and it started to get worse and worse and worse with the pressure of exams and things like that I somehow made it through my GCSEs and I I did all right actually I didn't do too badly (laughs) it was quite a surprise Um, and then I got into my A-levels I went to do A-levels I wanted to train to be a psychologist because I was so passionate about what I've also been through. I wanted to help other people, but I I hadn't even done the healing myself yet. So I went to sixth form and I failed my A-levels, just completely kaput, it did not go well. So I then went to college to retry and do that again. And I managed to pass my first year. By the time I got to my second year, I remember it so clearly. It was the first day of my second year. 
and I got on the bus to go into college to have my first day I broke down on the bus like I full-on like tears I had like my heart was pounding out of my chest and all I kept hearing which I didn't know was my intuition but now I know was my intuition was saying stop you're going the wrong way this is not right you need to get off the bus get off the bus and I could just keep hearing get off the bus so I literally, I, I can remember, I just pressed the stop button. I was like, get me off of this thing. I jumped off at the first stop. I had no idea where I was, <laughs> like no idea. And I got off and there just so happened to be a park, like right next to the bus stop. So I went over to this park and I can remember sitting down on this bench and just crying, like a cry that I had never done before in my life. And it was like there was some kind of release there. And I started to hear these words which I now understand as my spirit guides coming in and saying, right, it's time for you to heal now. It's time for you to take a new journey. It's time for you to be brave and start to do something different. And that was the beginning of my spiritual awakening. It was uncomfortable as heck. It was, it was not, I didn't feel very good in the beginning at all. So anyway, after that, I practically became a recluse for about two years. I rarely ventured out of my bed. I was incredibly depressed and anxious, still avoiding the spiritual voices that were coming up because I thought that they were just crazy. You know, I, I was growing up in a house that didn't really talk about that stuff, you know? So anyway, I was kind of in toxic relationships for quite a while and pushing myself into toxic situations, still not eating properly, still starving my body. And then I met who is now my husband and he gave me the space. We were really good friends at first. We weren't in a relationship because I just could not handle that. And um, we moved in together and he gave me the space where I could begin to understand what recovery might look like for me. And so that, the rest is history, really. I hit my rock bottom when I was about 20 years old. Doctors were telling me, I don't know how you're alive right now. You know, you've been following this pattern, emaciating your body for so long. It's almost like you don't know how to be well. And they were just like, I don't know how you're alive right now. And I can remember hearing them say that. I mean, my body was not working. My periods had stopped. I was not able to even walk up the stairs without like feeling like I was going to pass out. It was that bad. It was, it was absolutely horrific now that I look back at it, like being well. And that's when I shifted because I was like, something has to happen. Something has to change. And I'd heard of something called humanistic integrative therapy. And I don't know if you've heard of that, but... It's a very different kind of therapy. I tried CBT and uh, medication and things like that that the doctors usually give out for anxiety. It didn't work for me. That doesn't mean to say that I don't think it can work for other people, but for me, it did not work. Um, so I went and tried humanistic integrative therapy, which focuses on the mind, the body, and the spirit as a being. And oh my God, <laughs> that's where things really started to change, where I started to step into my spirituality connect to my higher self my inner child and connect to my spirit guides and the rest is history I healed and I'm continuing to heal from those illnesses I eat more than I ever have done in my life right now it's amazing food is not a problem for me I no longer have the fear of, of sickness I'm no longer waking up intense anxiety all the time and I've basically created that through EFT and spiritual practices so that's basically the story. <laughs> <laughs>
That's huge. I'm so glad that you're well now and enjoying food. And 11 is such a young age. Was there anything that triggered it or was it just a, a switch and your brain went off one day? Oh, yeah, that was I can remember it clear as day. It's so interesting, isn't it? How you can remember the trigger usually of something that's been very, very traumatic for you. And I could almost relive it right now. I was about 10 years old when it happened. It was Christmas Eve. And, you know, Christmas is super exciting for kids, right? And my entire family, we all got sick. We, we all had this awful stomach bugs. And like, stomach bugs are not nice, let's be honest. Nobody wants to be sick. But this translated as something really intense for me because I didn't actually know at the time that my mum, my mother had the fear of being sick. She also had a metaphobia. But she didn't even know because she comes from a generation and a time that never spoke about mental health, mental illness, anything. You were kind of made out to be stupid or weak if you spoke about it. Um, so she had that and didn't even know. And she happened to be looking after me. My dad was looking after my sister and my mom was looking after me and she couldn't handle it. She was anxious. I can remember she was she, she came across to me very angry, which I now understand as an adult. She wasn't angry. She was scared. She was frightened. But as a child, you don't know that. You, you look up to your parents and you're like, wow, mom is angry. I, I'm going to die. You know, and that was the thought that was in my head and translated into kind of my later life as I experienced a metaphobia myself. So there was a trigger for sure. And it's taken some time to really understand that as an adult and forgive my mom as well because as a child I was very angry at her because I felt like she dumped this on me you know but now as an as an adult I understand she was simply frightened and that's been a really big lesson for me to learn. Yeah that's a lot to handle at such a young age and how long have you known your husband at what point on your journey did that meeting happen? Oh I love this so um, we met when I was about 17 which is beautiful because there's actually like an 18 year age gap between the two of us, <laughs> which I love because whenever anybody figures it out, they're like, wow, like that's crazy. But, you know, we don't really notice the age gap. We're so, we're such kindred spirits. It's beautiful. So we met at a theater group. Theater was literally the only thing that I was doing at the time where I became a literal recluse. And so we met there and we were cast in a play where he was my husband and I was his wife which is hilarious. I love that story. And the rest is history. I still have like a little, he bought me the script for the play as a gift. And he, he sent me a little kind of card written on it. It's like, from your husband for the next three months. And I was like, oh. so, you know, and that became, we're now husband and wife in real life. And I just, I love that story so much. <laughs> That's incredible. So I want to talk about EFT tapping now because you did mention it on your journey there and it's not something I've talked about on the podcast at all in like 50 episodes. So can you tell us what it is for anyone listening who doesn't know and how it works? Yes, I would love to. So EFT is quite underrated for helping with manifestation and for anxiety and things like that. Usually EFT is also known as emotional freedom technique, by the way, so that's what EFT stands for. But it's usually used for PTSD and anxiety, hence why I've used it in, in my past um, for healing from anxiety. But what I understood as I started to experiment with it as I moved on from my mental illnesses and wanted to manifest different things into my life, like houses and weddings and business success and things like that, was that EFT actually really works for manifestation. So what EFT exactly is, like in, in layman's terms, 
Um, what we do is we tap, literally tap on energy centers or also called meridian points. And you can kind of think of it a bit like emotional acupressure. So it's like allowing the energy to move through these points. So like we start off on the top of the head and then as above the eyebrow, the side of the head, underneath the eye, and then we go to underneath the nose. And then it's the chin, the collarbone, under the arm, which is a bit of a weird one, but it does work. And then you have the wrists as well. So what we do is we begin on something called the karate chop point, which is the side of the hand, the side of your least dominant hand. And you just tap and you start to tap and allow whatever it is to come out. So you might say out loud, I'm feeling scared. I don't know what to do. I don't have clarity on this situation. And you just kind of allow the fear or the anxiety or, or whatever the issue is to flow. I mean, I literally just tapped on my karate chop just then and I'm, I'm feeling tingly right now. That's the energy moving. And the beautiful thing about this technique is that we, it's not your typical high vibe technique. We're not scripting and writing things down and like, oh my God, I'm so grateful I have this. And I love scripting, don't get me wrong. I love all the manifestation techniques. But with tapping, we go there. We go to the places that people who are into the law of attraction and potentially wanting to manifest their best life are afraid to go to. We go to the fear. We go to the what I don't want. And we tap it out. And then we start to tap on the other meridian points and we tap in exactly what we do want. We tap in, I'm so excited that I am shifting into my first six-figure year or something like that. And we start to tap that into the body. And that is basically EFT tapping. So interesting. I used to do EFT tapping before I went on Instagram lives to calm my anxiety. And I found that it really helped. And it's quite quick as well. I mean, it only takes two minutes, three minutes, just before you do something which creates anxiety for you. Yeah, it's amazing how quickly you can do it. And that, I think that's why I love it as well, because you can do it anywhere, right? Like you just said, like, I've done it on airplanes when I've been terrified. I've been like, I'm scared that we're going to crash and all this kind of stuff. And then tapping in that it's actually the safest way to travel. Well, I mean, I probably look crazy on the plane, but I don't care. You know, like it really works, you know, so it's, it is beautiful. It's quick. You can do it anywhere. It's, it's perfect. Do you say it out loud when you're on an airplane or are you thinking it? Oh, yeah. You say oh, it out loud. Love it. I do. <laughs> I do. I'm one of these people that's potentially quite embarrassing to be around. Um, but I just love to, uh, I find it very easy to express myself. And I, I always think to myself, I mean, I believe in past lives. Apparently, I'm a very old soul um, and I've had many lives. And I feel like having those many lives has made me in this life very simply like not caring about what other people think about me so I'm very much speaking out loud tapping on airplanes and being strange I suppose. <laughs> have you done a past life regression how do you know what your past lives are? Yeah I have I did I recently just did uh, one actually I had an Akashic uh, records reading as well and it's been so so powerful to understand where my past lives have been. I've had a lot of past lives on this planet usually being a leader of some kind but one my one my biggest one of note which I haven't gone into which I really want to learn more about was that I was actually apparently an Egyptian leader like a queen and I'm like whoa okay I can see that I can feel that energy in my body right now I'm like okay that definitely happens sometime so I really want to go deep on that but I'm just kind of learning how to harness that energy in this life and for this purpose right now interesting because I was the son of a religious leader in Egypt as well and I got poisoned 
my god you're kidding uh, oh my god maybe we probably like knew each other you yeah know yeah oh, that's crazy <laughs> so I've actually got another past life regression tomorrow <gasps> really yeah oh yeah so I had one well, it's probably about six months ago I had Daniel at the past life regressionist on the podcast and I wrote a blog as well it was really profound but I went into five lifetimes and obviously there's many more so I've got another one tomorrow so I'm really excited oh my god I can't wait to hear all about that I need to know everything <laughs> I'll definitely be sharing it I'm really really excited so I want to talk a little bit more about manifestation because obviously at High Vibe Babe, you talk a lot about manifestation. You teach it in your programs and your one-to-one coaching and you do blend the two modalities a lot. So you talk about EFT and manifesting together. How do you think that EFT can help someone to manifest? Mm, I love that question. That's a really good question. Um, so with EFT, as I mentioned before, we go into that kind of space of the less desirable. We go into that space that a lot of people who are wanting to manifest don't want to go because we're taught with the law of attraction, we need to be high vibe all the time. We need to be happy and and like almost talking code, you know, like we're not allowed to moan or or say things that we don't want or say say that we even want something. You know, we have to be all these different things. Whereas EFT allows us to step into that humanity. (laughs) It allows us to be human. It allows us to say, do you know what? I don't know what I'm doing, or I really do want this thing, or I feel very attached and anxious about what I want. Um, And it allows us to go there and release because if you're feeling that energy anyway, but you're talking in code and not really allowing it to release, you're still not going to (laughs) manifest. You're going to keep manifesting because manifesting is an energetic lifestyle. Basically, it's an energetic game, isn't it? So if you're feeling those things, even though you're not outwardly expressing them, you're still going to manifest it. And I think that's what a lot of people, including myself, I'll call myself out here. I used to do the same thing. I think that's why it's so powerful for me because, you know, you think that you shouldn't be saying these things. But with EFT, we go there, we say the things that we're not necessarily supposed to say. We potentially, I suppose, go low vibe for a hot second and allow ourselves to express those feelings. But the thing is, we don't set up home there. Our vibrational home is in gratitude, is in the joy, is in the excitement, is in manifesting. But we allow ourselves to kind of go to that. The darkness, you know, duality, you can't live without it, right? So we have to go there every now and then. And we tap in the most beautiful things and you can personalize it to anything that you want. I've had clients manifest cars from EFT. I've had clients manifest going from four figures to five figure months. I've had clients manifest publishing journals and even some of my clients have manifested pregnancies through it you know like it's a really powerful tool and I think it what I love about it and the reason why it works so well for manifesting is because we get to play with both the dark and the light we get to play with the low vibe and then shift ourselves into the high vibe so that's probably why I love it so much That's so interesting. And you mentioned briefly that manifesting is an energetic lifestyle, which I thought was a really interesting description. How would you describe manifesting for someone who doesn't know what it is? I know everyone listening to this podcast does know what manifesting is, but to you, what does it mean? To me, I mean, like I say, like manifesting is a lifestyle. I used to treat manifesting like it was a vending machine, an energetic vending machine. I just go to it when I wanted something and then just leave it and, you know, didn't bother with it until I wanted something again. Then I go back and be like, I want this, please. But this isn't how it works, you know? Like, manifesting is a lifestyle. 
it is an understanding that you are a co-creator. It is an understanding that, okay, you're here in the 3D and you get to do the action and the fun bits like that and the designing and the thinking of exactly what it is that you want. But in order to get it, you got to take the action and then you got to take a step back. And I think that's the thing that people find so hard is to offer up all the effort that you've put in and release it and say, okay, I've done my bit universe off you go (laughs) you know I surrender I allow myself to step back and just enjoy my life as is while this is coming to fruition and yeah so I think with manifesting it's very much a game of two halves it's a game of action and a game of surrender and you've got to be willing to play both in order to enjoy it and be successful at it and do you have any manifesting hacks mm. for anyone who maybe is really struggling, like they've been trying to do all of the mainstream tips, they've been setting their intentions, maybe even doing the work to you know, work through their own healing journey. What are your best top tips for manifesting something? That's a good one. That's a good one. I think number one, if it feels like it's not working, which a lot of people come to me feeling like it's not working, feeling like they've done everything and it's just not working. Stop. (laughs) Stop. Because you can subconsciously manifest as much as you can consciously manifest. And sometimes when we're consciously manifesting, I mean, you know, right, that the first kind of part of the brain, the conscious mind is only like 5% of the space in there. The rest of it is subconscious. That's 95% of the space. Your, Your best friend in manifesting is a subconscious mind. So when you are trying and pushing, emphasis on the word trying, right? Like trying, forcing, there's so much power in stopping, literally just stopping. And in our culture, in you know, 21st century today, we find it hard to stop because we're always on, you know, social media, there's always something new to look at, you know, like there's always something to do. A lot of us run our own businesses. There's always something to be doing, right? You're never done with your work in your business. And it can become a massive habit, you know, to just continue going and going and going, even when it's not working. So my number one hack would be if it's not working, stop, reevaluate, reconnect, even if that means literally stopping and meditating for an entire day. You know, I, I do that if I feel like I'm losing my way or if I need a bit more clarity or if I'm feeling like things are not working for me, I'll stop. I'll turn everything off detox for 48 hours maybe you know so that would be my first thing my second thing again would be to allow yourself to understand that you are the role of the student in manifesting whereas the teacher the grandmaster is very much the universe so if you're thinking like you need to be in control you need to have things figured out you you shouldn't be as human as you are drop that story you are the student, you are constantly learning. And if you're beating yourself up, because you're not manifesting, you're not getting it right in your mind, then you're just going to like, almost destroy that relationship and that connection that you have with the universe. And that is the most natural thing of all your connection to the universe. So that's another thing. And the third thing, if I could pick one final thing, obviously, is going to be to tap. Tapping is massive when it comes to manifestation. Even if you know you don't have to know how to do it perfectly, I have a load of pre-done tappings on my Instagram page, on my lives. And you can just tap along with those and you'll notice shifts. I have DMs coming through all the time from people going, oh my God, I've just done your IG live tapping from like five months ago on money and I've just manifested $600. And I'm like, 
well, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. It works. <laughs> so yeah, those would be my, probably my top three manifestation hacks. Such good hacks. And there's so many things I want to pick up on there. So first of all, you talked about surrender, basically stopping, letting go. And I've shared this story before on the podcast. But when I met my husband, it was literally the same week that I realized I was totally happy on my own. And I was like, genuinely like, oh, my God, I had an epiphany. I was like, I'm so happy on my own. And I was (laughs) so funny. I was in a kebab shop at like 3 a.m. because I was at university. And I was in a kebab shop. I was in second year. We just had a night out with my friends. And I was, it was, I was just had this epiphany and just this huge wave of like, wow, I'm so happy on my own. And I got to the point. So I had a horrific breakup like you. I had a really toxic relationship. He was absolutely crazy. And um, I'd just kind of gotten over that because he was harassing me for months. And I'd like just gotten over that. I had finally got to a place of calm and I was like wow I'm so happy and I thought oh that's it I'm gonna be single till I'm like 26 then that week I met someone and then you know same as you ended up marrying him and I've been together for 10 years but that was such a big lesson in manifesting for me because I had the moment of wow I'm so happy without and now my personal motto with manifesting is be happy without I need to be happy without the thing otherwise you are in that energy of clinging of lacking scarcity need it I need it because I'm not complete without it but what that taught me when I was 19 was that and that's before you know I'd read the suit that was before any any spiritual things apart from tarot and I realized okay that that's what I need to apply always with manifestation to manifest the best things I need to have that moment of being genuinely happy without because that is the surrender piece essentially at the end of the day Wow, I love that story so much. That's so beautiful. The fact that you, on the same week, you experienced that surrender and then you manifested. I mean, that's how quickly it can work, right? You know, it doesn't have to be a really laborious thing. And like, as you were talking about feeling that, you know, that need and that clinginess, like think about the energy that that has in your body. As you were saying that, I was feeling churned up inside, you know, like I feel energy massively. I channel so easily. It's insane. And like, just feel that energy of like I need this I need this and if without it I'm not going to be happy I you know it holds my happiness it's such a a powerful thing to give away isn't it your happiness like we have the control over what holds that and when like you say like when you learn that actually wow you've had it all along and it's been yours all along nothing else outside no matter what you want can hold that it's a beautiful thing I love that so much it's a good story and I think it happened that way I think the universe was teaching me a lesson that I could carry with me for the rest of my life. And the other thing I wanted to pick up on that you talked about was timing. And I've had a crazy few days because I'm going away in January. I'm going to LA. And there's just a few things that have happened where I realize how incredibly perfect the timing of the universe is. It's it's just bizarre. And the last few days, I've really been realizing, wow, I've just been reaching a new level of surrender, basically, and realizing that I can lean back because I'm so held and supported by the universe and the timing of everything is so much better than I could have ever planned myself. Even from things like Rachel Alice is coming to my house this weekend and it's been delayed like three times, but then Ali's two weeks late starting his job. We had the dog. Everything just worked out perfectly there. She's going to come here. We're going to work on a program. Because Ali started later, 
I had already booked my apartment in LA, but now he was going to be here two weeks longer, if that makes sense. So we were going to be going mid-January. He'd be going back to work. I'd be going to LA. But because he started later, he'd end up being in England for two weeks on his own, which he didn't want to do. We'd only see each other for two weeks. So I had to move the apartment. Messaged the guy on Airbnb. This is just yesterday this happened. Messaged the guy on Airbnb. He said, can't do that. And I was like, oh, crap. Okay, what are we going to do? And then he was like, let me have a look at my other apartments. I had to look at them before he'd even get back to me. So that's what I'm like, went on. I was like, right, what's your apartments? Had a look. And there was 4A, 4B. I'd booked 4A. 4B was the exact same price. It was fully booked from now up until the 29th of January. I needed it from the 30th. The 30th of January, it was completely unbooked. It was so weird. So I messaged him. I said, look, you have this apartment, which is right next to it. It's the same price. It's free from the 30th. Can I have that? And he said, yes. And I was just like, why am I meant to be in that apartment? It's next door. But the fact that from here to there, which at the time of recording this is uh, two and a half months and it's booked up every day and then it becomes available on the day that I need it. I was like, that that's just so weird. And just the timing of everything, the way it all works out. I you know, you just think this there's so much more to this. I don't need to be in control. The universe knows so much more than I do. It knows what the right timing is and it always works out perfectly in the end. Yes, I love that so much. And as you were talking about that, like I was having flashbacks to my wedding because I was one of those crazy people who decided to get married in 2020. <laughs> um, and that was quite intense. And we had such a hassle because we got married in Greece, in, in Rhodes on a beach. And, you know, we had this planned for over a year and then the pandemic hit and that sucked. And so what happened was we'd originally booked a venue, which was just a little tavern on the side of the beach. And we were going to have like a barbecue. It was very laid back stuff. And I kind of, as we were booking that, part of me was a bit like, oh, you know, I would quite like something a bit more, you know, fancy, like five star vibes. But you know, it's fine. It's whatever. And so literally two weeks before our wedding, we get a call uh, from our wedding planners. And they're like, we're so sorry, but the venue that you wanted has closed down. It's It's gone bankrupt due to COVID. And we were like, well, great. <laughs> That's fantastic. And of course, as you do as a human, it's totally normal to go to that place of, I need to control this. How can I control this? What can I do? And go into that mindset of masculine energy. I need to take action on this somehow. So I, I was doing that. I was frantically trying to find other venues, couldn't find anything. And I completely broke down. I was so gutted. Of course, it was my wedding. I was really upset. We've been planning it for ages. And then we get a call. As soon as I kind of allow myself to come back and just go, you know what, it's going to work out. We get a call from the wedding planner. And she's like, there's a five star hotel on the side of the beach that has just called and heard about your predicament. And they want to offer you their venue for the same price, which is half price of what they would normally charge somebody to have their wedding there. And of course we jumped at it and we went there, we went over to Rhodes, we checked it out and it was gorgeous. It was next level. It was better than anything that was on my vision board. And I had that same moment that you had literally just before with your apartments where I was just like, you know what? I couldn't have even orchestrated this better myself. So I'm going to take this on as a lesson. So thank you, universe. Maybe I don't need to hold so tightly. So I love that. I can massively relate. 
Definitely. We're so held, so supported. And I love those moments where you just get a little peek into the fabric of the universe and you're like, everything is so divinely orchestrated. And I don't know about you, but I even look back on my dark phase, like my black hole of, you know, my teenagers. And I think that had to happen. And obviously at the time it was horrendous, but um, now I think it gave me all the depth and the experience that I needed to be able to do this work and to be a spiritual teacher and to understand where other people are at on their journey so that I can help them. Yeah, I love that. I love it. One thing that came to mind just then was I love to teach about duality. In my academy, we've just been going over duality. And one thing that I'm trying to teach my students at the moment is that you shouldn't be afraid of the dark because in the dark, you learn lessons that you couldn't learn in the light. And that's the really important thing about the darkness, about my mental illness, about your dark days as a teenager. You know, we needed those to become who we are, to fulfill our missions where we are right now. So, yeah, 100%. The darkness can be our friend, too. Goosebumps. What an incredible note to end on. I think we should wrap it up there because that's such a powerful message. So the last question I always ask people is, what is your favorite thing about doing this work? There's so much. Um, If I had to pick one thing, it would be the transformations that I see. So obviously experiencing my own transformation, I was like, oh my God, if this can work for me, this can 100% work for other people. And that's what inspired me to go into business. And I've been in business with High Vibe Babe for almost a year. And it's been absolutely insane seeing the, the results from my ladies. I love to see the physical results so people manifesting physical things like cars, houses, business success and things like that, monetary success, financial success. Life's changing through this simple teaching of manifestation. It's just, it's just mind-blowing seeing how much power we actually have and how little we really need to hold on to it at the same time. So yeah, that will be my main thing. The transformation is it for me. Same for me too, I think. Same people's growth and, and development and light bulb moments and aha moments. Mm. So where can people find you? This has been fantastic. Do you want to share your Instagram and, and your new podcast? Yes, of course, I would love to. I have so enjoyed this. This has been gorgeous. Um, if you want to find me, you can find me on Instagram at High Vibe Babe. I have just launched my podcast as well, which is called Spiritually Rich. You can find that on iTunes and Spotify. Thank you so much, Beth. This has been amazing. Yes, thank you so much. I have loved every minute. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode and please remember to subscribe to this podcast. I'm sure that like me, you would love for more people to know this information. So if you leave a review and send me a screenshot of it on Instagram, which is at I am Roberta, you'll get a $50 voucher code to use on one of my online course launches. This won't be around forever. So go and leave a review now and I'll see you next time.